Well, I'm excited this morning. Um, we are continuing our Fear Not series. And uh, this morning is part two of that series. Um, last week and this week, we were looking at two different versions of the Christmas story of the birth of Jesus. And uh, in each gospel story, an angel appears and says, fear not. It, she always says, fear not. And so last week, Pastor Jim was in the book of Luke and uh, the angel appeared to Mary. And Jim talked about how uh, God can sometimes interrupt our plans. Kind of like he just, you know, interrupted Mary's plans just a little bit, right? I mean, she, she clearly was not expecting that. But then he talked about overcoming the fear of uh, what God is asking us to do. And so this morning, I'm going to be in Matthew, and I'm, the angel appears to Joseph. Um, so before we get started, though, if you would bow your heads, I want to pray. Lord, as we read this Christmas story that is familiar to so many, God, I pray that you would let our hearts and our minds be open and that you, we would allow you to speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you would use me to speak words of truth in a way that honors you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Well, uh, so we're in Matthew chapter one and uh, the angel appears to Joseph and says, fear not. And so we look at it from Joseph's perspective in the Christmas story, and we're gonna talk about how we overcome the fear of what other people think of us. Now, it's funny because I felt like when I said that, I could just imagine or even just hear kind of like automatically people saying, I don't care what people think about me, right? Like usually when someone says that, that's kind of the first response. But just by like a show of hands, how many, would you, how many of you would say that you care about what people think of you? Okay, and so then maybe the ones that did not put your hand up, maybe it's because you care what people think, right? You don't wanna put your hand up. Like, what are they gonna think about, right? So, I mean, because really in reality, you know, to some degree, we all do care. And so it's, you know, it's, do you like my haircut? Do you like what I'm wearing? You know, did I do a good job? Do you like my Instagram? right? I mean, let me, let, so let me just ask you this. How many of you ever, how many have you, how many of you have ever checked the number of likes on your social media page, right? Why did you do that? Because you wanted to know. You wanted to know what other people were thinking, if they liked it, if they didn't. I mean, have you ever posted a picture? Come on, single people. Have you ever posted a picture or maybe some kind of post and you went back to check to see if he or she liked it or maybe what the comments were or why did you do that? Because you cared to some degree what other people think. And so I think sometimes even uh, it's a little, it's easy to be driven by other people's opinions and we don't even realize it, right? And uh, so this is something that uh, G Joseph has to overcome in the Christmas story. And so in Matthew chapter, or Matthew chapter one, verse 18, I'm just gonna kind of paraphrase it a little bit. This is where Mary tells Joseph, about the pregnancy. And so I'm sure she's like, honey, I have something to, to talk to you about, right? Like, why don't you just sit down, sit down right here. I'll sit down right here. I'm sure she's really nervous. I'm sure she really doesn't know what to say. And she says, I'm pregnant, right? And then she's like, but don't worry before you freak out, before you, know, before you freak out, don't worry, it's by the Holy Spirit. 
And I'm sure, and I'm sure Joseph is thinking, Holy Spirit, what? Like, we're not talking about the same Holy Spirit, like clearly, right? Like something is wrong. And uh, because in that day and time, after there was a public announcement, you were engaged. Like you were engaged to be married. There was, there was a public announcement. And if you wanted to break it off, or maybe you had a change in plans, there were only two options. And one option was that you actually went through an official process of divorce, even in engagement before they were married, you had to go through that official process or you died. I mean, those were your two options and that was it. And nowadays, I mean, nowadays, if you're engaged and maybe you have a change of plans or you wanna break it off, I mean, basically you're like, I'm out, see you later. I mean, and you move on, right? I mean, hopefully it's not really like that. I'm just saying, <laughs> hopefully, it, you know, you're a little bit more heartbroken than that, but, but you definitely don't have to go what, jo- what Joseph had to go through because for him, it wasn't that easy. I mean, the struggle was real. I mean, he, he's thinking two things. He's thinking she's lying or she's crazy, right? And, and, if, and he's probably thinking exactly what you're thinking. I don't want either one of those. I don't want dishonest and I don't want cra- crazy, right? I mean, come on, yes. And so he's probably thinking the same thing. And, but he's also thinking, you know, if he divorces her, he really is still marked. I mean, because in that day and time, he would probably have trouble getting, even getting remarried because there, he would have trouble finding someone that would give their daughter away to be married to him because of what he had been through. And then he also has to process, well, what if I stay with her? Like, what does that mean? And the truth is that if he's the guy that got her pregnant out of wedlock, or even if he's not the guy, he is still marked and he could still be shamed. He could, you know, have trouble finding a job. In, In the commentary, it said severe social stigma. And for her, she's, she's wearing the scarlet letter. I mean, it is, it's a major sin and she could even be stoned to death. And so Joseph decides that he's going to leave the relationship that he's done. And so we look at Matthew chapter one, verse 19, and it says, because Joseph was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace or, and he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So he's getting out of the relationship because he really does love her and care for her. And he's thinking, hey, look, this is probably the best option, right? I mean, the deal is, is he didn't want to publicly disgrace her and he didn't want her to be stoned to death, you know, which means he, he just wasn't gonna go around telling everybody, look what she did and look what she said this and I didn't believe her. He was just gonna go about it quietly, let her go away, let her have the baby. They would part, go separate ways and just move on. But God had a different plan, right? Like he always does, usually has a different plan. And uh, so we go back to the story in Matthew in verse 20. And it says, but after Joseph had considered this, meaning after he's thought about it for a little bit, he's weighed out the pros and cons and he's thought about it. And now he's thinking, okay, well, the cons outweigh the pros. And so I'm gonna just break up with her and move on. But in verse 20, it goes on, it says, after he considered all of this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Or in the King James Version, it says, fear not. 
to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. See, I told you she wasn't lying. Verse 21 though is so powerful. It says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. So you can imagine Joseph wakes up and he is like, man, like mind blown, right? I mean, he's like, what in the world? So now in one mindset, he has the opportunity to be a part of history. You know, like there, this is a miracle that's happening. I mean, it's the savior of the world that's being born onto the earth through his wife, Mary. I mean, what an amazing opportunity. And then on the other hand, he's thinking, but then what in the world will everyone think? What will everyone say? She's pregnant, how? Come again, come again, let me see. I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna tell him like, don't do it. Like life is gonna be hard, don't do it. Just go your separate way. You're gonna lose family and friends. You're gonna lose your reputation in the city. Everything that you worked for, you're gonna lose it. Just go on. And so he's really, really, really struggling with, do I do what seems right in the eyes of man or do I obey God? And so there's three things that Joseph has learned in all of this and in this situation that I believe that we can learn from as well. And the first is pleasing God often means disappointing people. Because, right? I mean, I'm sure a lot of us have been there. And many times when we obey God, those around us, they don't understand and they're frustrated and they don't agree and they're disappointed and that is hard. It can be hard sometimes. But the more we focus on what God wants for our lives, like God, I love you. Like God, I wanna please you. Lord, what do you want me to do? And the more that we can focus on God and focus on what he wants for our lives, the more we lose focus on pleasing others. And it's really the quickest and really the only way to, for us to grow past this uh, fear of this uh, opinions of man. It's really the only way because it's easy to just naturally drift towards the opinion of man. I mean, really society and culture uh, really in social media sets us up for that, right? I mean, when you think about it, we, we take selfies, which is, this is the reason why I don't even take selfies. because So like, if you take a selfie, you wanna look good, right? You're making sure that it's the right angle. You're making sure that your hair's on point. I'm like, that's why I don't take them because it's never on point. I'm like, okay, we just don't do it at all. But if you do take selfies, that's why. I mean, you know, the deal is, is you're already thinking, what are people gonna think, right? I mean, think about it when you take a picture in your house. You take it in front of the Christmas tree, right? It's the cleanest spot in the house. It's not in front of the dirty sink, dishes full. I mean, my gosh, if you could see mine this morning. <laughs> I'm like, or in front of the big laundry pile, right? I mean, we're already conditioned, I think, without even realizing it, of, to be uh, driven by what people think. You know, I think about, it's not just social media though, it can be our family and our friends. As I was preparing this, I thought, you know, um, I really felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me some, uh, to, about men like men and women and us, because it's not all about social media. Sometimes it's about people that are closest to us, that matter to us. And uh, I've really felt like that that y'all needed to hear this, that there's some men 
I think there's some of you that need to be freed from the opinions of your wife. I know, just hold on, just wait a minute, hold on. I'm like, take a breath, take a breath. Listen, because, but it's because you, because you care, because you care about, when you love someone, you care what they think. But I just felt like God wanted me to encourage you and say, you are called to lead your family. Your one and only responsibility is to God. Your responsibility as the leader of the household is to God to say, God, am I pleasing you? And your responsibility is to live for an audience of one. And sometimes she may not like it. She may get a little cray cray and that's okay, right? I mean, it's okay. I'm just saying like, and I'm, I mean, I'm just saying that. I mean, there's been times where I know y'all don't believe this, but Jim has had to like put his foot down put his foot down with me and I don't like it. But usually it's because God's doing something in me, right? I mean, it is, I'm just honest. It is, he's doing something to me. And so we need you to lead us, whether we like it or not, whether we're disappointed or not, we need you to lead us. And ladies, I think some of you need to be freed from the opinion of your kids. It is easy to be driven and to, to fear not being liked by your children but your responsibility is to God. God, am I pleasing you? Am I doing the right thing? God, it's hard to take away this privilege. God, it's hard to do this discipline. God, it's hard to do this, but am I, am I doing the right thing? It's for the audience of one. And so sometimes they may not be, they may not like it. They may be disappointed. They may not understand. But we have to learn just like Joseph that pleasing God often means disappointing people, even those that are close to us. So Joseph has been told by the angel that the baby is from the Holy Spirit. And he knows that if he pleases God, that he's going to disappoint some people, that he's going to go against society and culture, and that it's gonna be difficult. And so he has to get to this place in his mind where he values God's opinion more than man's. He's got to get to this place in his mind. Like he knows the deal. He knows that if he pleases God, it's going to disappoint people. But now he's got to get to this place in his mind where it's like, God, I care about and I value your opinion more than man's, right? So this brings us to the second thing that we can learn from Joseph. And the second thing is obedience to God often brings criticism. So if you wanna be used by God, you just have to be ready to be criticized for your obedience to God. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that, right? I mean, the truth is you cannot please everyone. Like I can remember, I mean, young people, I can remember back in school when I was trying to live right. And I actually, I mean, I brought my Bible to school and, and I was trying to live right. And I can remember being criticized for that. I mean, yes, there was a short season where I was not a heathen and I was a good girl. <laughs> I was like, it was a short season. I did bring my Bible to school, yes. So that was till pastor broke my heart. No, <laughs> just thinking, I love you, baby. Um, but anyway, even, in, even as an adult in ministry, you know, you think ministry is safe but you'll be criticized. You will be criticized. You're gonna be criticized from people in the church. You'll be criticized from people outside the church. They want worship. Worship is too long. Worship is too short. They say, let's do something fun for the kids. Let's bring Santa in. Okay, great. Let's have more fun. No, don't bring Santa in. Santa's not saved. Let's don't do that. Like it just, the deal is, is you can never please everyone. Or maybe you're going to work and you tell your buddies, you know what, I'm not gonna go drink anymore after work. I'm gonna go home and spend time with my family. I'm really feeling convicted about that and that's what I'm gonna do. 
you're probably gonna get criticized. They're probably gonna have some things to say like, man, what are you doing? Just come out, it's no big deal. Or maybe you are telling your family that you wanna start going to church, that you really like it and you really felt good about coming and really felt something and would like to start going. And they're like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Sundays are for hanging out. Sundays are family time. We barbecue on Sundays. How are you gonna miss, how are you gonna miss family things? And you can begin to be criticized for just trying to obey God. And so there's always going to be criticism and people usually criticize things that they don't understand. Yes, and booze always comes from the cheapest seats, right? Yeah, they do. So let's look at what Joseph does in verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he said, it says he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. And I read this last, this past week as I was preparing and it says the strength of what you believe is measured by the amount you're willing to suffer for those beliefs. Now, Joseph, I believe was a man with strong beliefs because he prepared to obey God despite the pain that he knew that it would cause. And so as we go into this last point, I think, um, I think that we can learn from Joseph is extraordinary acts of God often start with ordinary acts of obedience. And in verse 20, we go back to verse 24 in the last part, it says, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. And through that simple act of obedience, the greatest act of God in human history was brought to fulfillment. That simple act, just doing what God said, just doing what he said led to the greatest act of God in history. You have no idea what God will do with your simple act of obedience. No idea. I remember when Jim and I first moved to Houston and we told this, there's so much to kind of take out of this story. We have told it um, a few times before, but we moved to the Houston area. He was coming from a ministry job called Teen Mania where he worked with youth and young people and missions and he was feeling transition. And when we were uh, transitioning to the Houston area to take a uh, pastor job, um, he really was looking to do something different and not really work with youth because that's what we had done for the past four or five years. And, uh, and then really was looking for something um, full time. And so God actually opened the door for the exact opposite. Right? I mean, this is, he said, okay, so we were feeling transition. He was like, well, this is the opportunity that, that we have. And that's to come on and be the youth pastor and then work part-time. So you'll work a, a full-time job. You, he'll get a full-time job and then work part-time as the youth pastor. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, okay, Lord, like I was feeling transition. I'm ready to move to this next step. But you know, and it's funny in that situation, it's God didn't say do this and I'm gonna open this door of opportunity for you here in a few years. Like do this and I'll do this for you. Or if you do this, then this will happen. There was none of that. We had no idea that we were gonna pastor a church. We had no idea what God was gonna do and what he was preparing us for but Jim said, yes, he said, yes. And when, when we look back on it, like we didn't have a clue, but we were just obedient and faithful and obedient to what God was asking us to do. And that simple obedience set us up 
four years later to start a life-giving church in this community where lives would be changed. I mean, from that simple, yes, we had no idea. And sometimes, and I believe that's true with some of you here today, I believe there's some simple acts of obedience that are just sitting in your laps that are waiting for you to move on. And sometimes it's not as clear as do this or do that or go here or take that job opportunity. You know, sometimes it's a matter of the heart. I feel like for me, a lot of times it's a matter of the heart. So maybe it's yes to forgiving that person that you really don't wanna forgive. And God's asking you, it's a simple act of obedience, but you have no idea what God will do with it or maybe surrendering some areas in your life that you know really haven't been fully surrendered to God, but he's been speaking to you about it and he's been talking to you about it. And he's, there's, there's this extraordinary act on the other side. I know in my life, I can think of a specific time when I just felt stuck. I felt like I was frustrated. I felt like I could not really hear clearly from God and, just, just felt alone and frustrated. And I really felt like God was calling me to repent of pride. In case you didn't know, pride is anytime you trust yourself more than you trust God. And there were some areas in my heart that, that I needed to trust him more, that I needed to trust him more. And after I repented, I distinctly remember hearing his voice clear. It was like, I felt unstuck. It was like that after wrestling with it, the moment that I did it, like literally within that week or that day, like I just could hear, it seemed like I could hear the voice of God so much clearer. And it's, it was almost like God was just waiting on me for that simple act of obedience. Simple acts of obedience can lead to extraordinary things. Sometimes it, it might be your finances. You might be new to tithing and you're like, man, I've never, I've never done this before. It's hard to trust other people with your heart, with your money. And you're like, man, I've never, I've never done this before. Or maybe it's an offering in legacy and you've never given an offering. Or maybe God is asking you to go from a higher paying job to a lower paying job for you to live out your purpose and your passion, but yet you have no idea the doors that he's gonna open on the other side of it. It just looks like you're degressing, but God's like, you have no idea what the, the doors that I'm gonna open for you. Or maybe it could be God asking you to step out in an area of the dream team. God, I've never served before. It, it's, it, it takes a little bit of vulnerability to, to step out there and you kind of put your, it's not just serving, you're like you're putting your heart out there, right? You're having to work closely with people. And sometimes that's hard. Like, God, I'm trusting you. Like people make me nervous. I'm, I've been hurt in relationships before and I don't wanna do that again. And God, I am scared but it's a simple act of obedience. Or maybe it's leading a small group or just stepping out of your comfort zone. You know, I, I think about even getting up here and speaking. I think there, for those of you that, some of you have been here since the beginning, but we're going on seven years and I have not been speaking for all seven years. Like it, it's literally just been this past year that I have started to speak. And you know what? 
I had to overcome the fear and I had to care more about what God's opinion was. God, what do you want me to do? No matter what, I was kicking and screaming on the inside. Like now it's, now it's better. But I mean, it was a struggle because there was something on the inside of me that said, okay, I'm called to do it, but I can't just jump there or leap there. I have to go through this simple act of obedience where God, I trust you. God, I know that you've got me in the palm of your hands and you're gonna take care of me. And I had to go through that in order to get where I am right now. That's hard, it's hard. And then sometimes maybe it is just a matter of the heart. Maybe God's speaking to you about forgiveness or repentance, or maybe just an area to trust him more. A simple act of obedience. And so I just challenge you this morning, what are some, like one or two things, just to ask God, what are one or two things that you feel like that God may be speaking to you? That may be simple acts of obedience for this year. And then the next challenge is to write it down and tell someone, right? So it's good, ask God, yeah, Lord, I'm praying, I got it, okay. Well, write it down. Let it be your goal and your, your vision and your dream for 2020. Write it down and tell someone, allow yourself to be held accountable. Allow yourself to be held accountable because I believe that God is just waiting to bless you and to do something extraordinary in your life. Extraordinary. So um, I'm gonna I'll close and I just wanna pray a blessing because I just, my prayer this morning is that you are empowered, that you are empowered to overcome the fear of other people's opinions. That ladies, that you won't worry about what you're posting on Instagram. And if you're single, that you know what, that you're gonna put the real picture up there because whenever he comes after you, it's gonna be the real thing, right? I mean, it's give people the real version of you. Be freed from the opinion of man. And then I would even challenge you too, you know, I thought about this. If you think about a situation in your life where maybe you feel angry or maybe you feel anxious and you're like, God, I am stressed. I would say, what are, what are the top two people that I care the most, that I care the most about disappointing? What are the top two people that I wanna please or that I don't wanna disappoint? And then I would say, okay, now cover those up and put God there. Like think about how you're responding in that situation. What are the things that I'm doing? How am I responding? What, why I'm, I'm stressed out, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. But then put God there, cover those names up and then say, okay, what would I do differently? How would I respond differently? What would I do differently in my life if I covered those other names up and if God, it was all about you. If it was only about you, what would I do differently and do those things? To be able to live for an audience of one. Let's pray. God, you are so faithful to your word and faithful to complete it in us. God, I pray that you empower your people today to obey you, God, that they are no longer bound by fear and free from man's opinions and criticism, and that we are focused on living for an audience of one. I pray for supernatural grace as you speak to your people to lead in ways they never have, to take risk on relationships like they never have, and to trust you completely like they never have before. I thank you that you have equipped us by your Holy Spirit to withstand every lie and attack from the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.